Hi, Simon. It's so good to catch up with you. <laughs> oh, it's been ages. That's nice to be back in the rhythm, isn't it? I'm I'm really enjoying it. So this is our second week on the bounce. Shall I clap? Okay, I'm going to clap in five, four, three, two, one. This is a podcast in which two friends talk about the pleasures, absurdities, and imperfections of being human. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. So, last week, you asked me, do I feel like a man? Do do you feel masculine? Oh, okay, right, because I thought it was an offer. Do I feel masculine? (laughs) Um... So it's funny you ask that because this no last week so last week um, I was listening so when when we recorded last week's episode it was it was this week there. By the way, I'm laughing because your lovely wife sent me a photo of you and I, there's something that I how I responded which I'll include in this conversation once I let you finish. <laughs> Would this be the picture of me on a window ledge in Lisbon, by any It could chance? quite possibly be that very same. And if we still had an Instagram account, I'd post the fuck out of it right there. I would love that. Okay, so the question you ask is, do I feel masculine? <laughs> sorry, that photo. I know. It's lovely, I'm going to stick it in the show notes if you let me. I'll totally let you because I think I look fire. Um, do I feel masculine? It's an interesting question that you ask. I've been listening to The Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling. Oh, I'm so curious to hear your thoughts. Hmm. Yeah. But keep going. And, and I realise that um, I do not want to pick at the scab of uh, trans politics. Yeah. I found myself at the end of... Actually, just before the end of the series, so around about the halfway through the last episode, thinking, gosh, I feel much more sympathetic to J.K. Rowling um, as a result of listening to this. And then in the last half an hour, she managed to shit on all of the pancakes for me (laughs) by giving what felt like really... Um, politician answers to a series of questions that the podcaster asked. And I was just like, oh, you know what? Now my sympathy has gone again because it just feels like you've played everything and it it doesn't feel sincere. Mm. Um, And so I was like, "Mm." it's so easy how how you can so quickly lose lose somebody's um, support. Anyway. Your trust in... Yeah, anyway. Yeah. 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 But in a way, it sort of it doesn't matter the the that part of it whether or not she has been subjected to witch trials and and to what extent she has been culpable in encouraging a, a mode of behaviour online by engaging in it or engaging with it yeah. is neither here nor there. I think it was really quite balanced. I think that both sides were given a relatively fair deal um, and. I found myself reflecting upon questions of gender mm-hmm. uh, and and thinking 
Oh, I just think that because I'm a I'm a bit younger than um, than she is. I was born in seventy three. She was born in sixty five. Yeah. I think my introduction to and training about gender was so much more about the notion of it being a performative. You mean from when you got to university? Yeah, when I got to university. But not and before it, and then, right? It was only at no, university no, not, that, not, that Judith and yeah, Co yeah, got there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what it did was it allowed me to understand my own sense of self so much more clearly. So that sense of do I feel masculine is yes, no, maybe, sometimes, mm. occasionally, mm. not always, mm. all the time. It, it's, it's, it's so... Um, it, bendy. It, it, it's so bendy because masculine means nothing. Yeah. It's such... For me, it is such a construction of social narratives. And I see stuff in the way men behave and find myself going ah oh, that's fascinating that's not not all men you know some men I, I just see their behaviors and go i don't recognize that in me i don't do that and then i find myself doing exactly the thing mm. that i didn't recognize in myself i'm just doing it in a different context so i'm you know the the kind of there's a a blokey jokey pokey silliness and like you know uh that i see that makes me feel really anxious and uneasy when i see it enacted by certain people in one context and then i catch myself doing exactly yeah. the same thing in a different context and going oh well, well why do i think it's not threatening but that was threatening over there and and realizing that it's 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 just so fluid and yeah. so i I, f I think if you were to ask me the question, do I feel like a man? Yes, unavowedly and without any uh, clarification needed. Yes. And so are you, are you saying that's like a, a biological man. question? Yeah. 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 I, f I feel at home in this body that I have been given. Mm. The things that I dislike about it are nothing to the do cultural with things. it. Yeah. That's like, you know, sometimes my... I, I would like to have a flatter belly. Why would I like to have a flatter belly? Sure. Is it because it makes me feel uncomfortable, as in physically uncomfortable? No, I feel I feel comfortable all the time. I like what I wear, so I'm you know I'm I don't wear tight things or or, or chafy things. Um, things don't rub. I'm I'm pretty much comfortable <laughs> in my body. It does what I need it to do. It does what I need it to do quite well, actually. Um, my I, I just had bloods come back from the doctor. My uh, prostate is working fine. My liver is good. Um, there's some question about my kidney function, but it might have been because I hadn't had any water on the day that I was tested. They're going to run the bloods again on another day. Um, you know, my, my blood pressure is perfect. All of those sorts of things. It's great. I, I like the, the box that I carry around. Um... So I feel, do I feel like a man? Yeah. Do I feel masculine? Oh, mate, that is a mouthful. And so, but then does, so if, if we agree that there's this thing, this phenomenon called toxic masculinity, then what is its other or does it have an other? It, and I'm assuming that masculinity is not its other. I mean, it's not a word that I would use 
for myself these days, but certainly I recognize it in myself from, you know, not so long ago. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not, I don't often think oh, I'm feeling quite masculine now. Like even, you know, even in perhaps circumstances where you would think this is obviously a masculine thing to do. <laughs> I'll let your imagination go wild. It's not like I'm going, I'm feeling masculine, you know. Um, oh, do you, do you, okay. So do you not ever catch yourself filling up space in the world in a particular kind of a way and thinking, oh, I feel, I feel quite blokey. Yes, it, but yes, oh, for sure. That happens, That for sure that happens. But it's, it's, it's curious that I don't, I think the recognition of that, uh, um, <laughs> it's not a word, it's really weird. It's not a word that comes to me in those, under those conditions. Under, under, under those. Yes, it's not a, mm-hmm. but yes, and so, you, but, but. But to your point, I guess, or to your question, yes, I think that's exactly what's uh, what's going on. I could apply that word to those circumstances. What is what is literally the opposite of toxic? Uh, when I say literally, I mean it in the literal sense of the word, just to clarify and see episodes. Well, I guess the opposite of toxic would be nourishing, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because so, if, we, if, we, if we imbibe something which is toxic, it, it doesn't nourish us, it makes it poisonous, yeah. So if something isn't poisonous... It must be nourishing because yeah. it, it helps us. It helps us continue to to grow and develop and and yeah. So nourishing so, masculinity, yeah. I'm, that's why I'm just wondering what the other narrative to toxic masculinity could be. Not because I think I want to prop up or somehow, um, yeah, uh, perpetuate uh, these kinds of Victorian divisions or Victorian certainties. You could call them. Um, not at all, but the fact of the matter is there is a thing, there are a class of behaviours or a class of attitudes that are labelled as toxic masculinity or ex- as exhibitions of or performances of toxic masculinity and they exist whether we like them or not. And so my, my kind of my thought is to go, what is, what is the other narrative? Um, in a way to in a way to complicate to mess up to to create other possibilities for ways of being for men in terms of how they how we are labeled because it has to be more yeah. than just either to, you're either toxic you're toxically masculine or what i'm not even trying to i'm not trying to excuse myself or recuse myself from uh uh toxic toxically masculine attitudes and behaviors right either in my past uh-huh. or my present I'm not, uh-huh. I'm not trying to suggest that I'm not like those men. Not for a second am I trying to do that. But even as you've talked about in terms of the flex, or I use the word flexibility of, of masculinity, even within that concept where there, we're all degrees and versions and many, many things. And so I'm, what are the other ways of uh, uh, describing particular behaviors and particular circumstances that are not toxically masculine? Again, not trying to clear my name I think I think what I bump against is that um it feels like trying to assert other strata of masculinized behavior to give names to something which to is is um is resistant to or in in tension with toxic masculinity 
only serves, in my head at any rate, to continue to allow space for toxic masculinity to exist. And I know I'm going Pollyanna and, and Utopia, but I, I think where I where I get to is that what we have to do is dismantle the patriarchy. Because toxic masculinity isn't the problem. It's a symptom of a problem. I I think that the problem is the patriarchy. I think the problem are the systems and the schemas that have been put in place over over centuries that serve to reify one type of being and diminish all others. So I hear what you're saying and I I applaud and I want to, I want to jump onto this project. I think the thing I struggle with is I go I think that what we need to do is dismantle the patriarchy. And I know that's a really crazy thing to say because it's like, well, how do you start doing that? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I not for a second, well, maybe a second, but uh, I, I don't disagree. Um, but, you know, and this is one of the things that, this is this is certainly something that I think we recognise in each other as, well, I think I would say as a, as a key difference between us. Um, and that is, that is, I, I think I tend towards, uh, I think I tend towards the pragmatic in these kinds of things, which, which, which steers away from, I'm going to use the word idealism, but I don't mean it in any kind of pejorative sense of the word, because I think you're right that that is the problem. And what I'm talking about is effectively a symptom of that problem. And so there's something about that which I because in a way I guess I'm thinking of young men who who have heard the word and maybe they've even heard themselves described as being toxically masculine. That's that's toxic masculine or you know, that's toxic. You know, that's a whatever whatever, that, whatever it is. That's you know, that's you're being toxically masculine. And my the, the the very pragmatic side of me is thinking of you know a young man going. It's, well, one might be to get angry at that or to resist it, but then what other what other labels might be applied to other kinds of behaviour? And maybe the word masculine is just the problem and all that. Maybe it's just about oh, it's really lovely. I really liked how vulnerable you were there. You know, there are so many, it's so so rich our language that uh, ways of being which are anything but toxically masculine. And so maybe you know, maybe I'm barking up the wrong tree in terms of you know a funny little, but you know. So yeah, that's that's kind I, of what comes I don't, to mind. Oh, I don't, I don't think you're barking up the wrong tree, and I, and I think, I think again, I was reflecting upon conversations that we've had whilst I was listening to that podcast, um, because I could hear. You mean you mean way, the witch trials the, of the, J.K. The, the witch trials of yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry. I could hear in the way that some of the trans activists were speaking. I could hear my own vitriol reflected back at me. Mm. And I found it deeply uncomfortable to hear. Mm. I haven't, I don't think I've ever uh, thrown that vitriol in the direction of uh, the, 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 the grouping of, of women that are articulated as trans exclusionary radical feminists because, uh, or TERFs for short, mostly because uh, I don't feel that's, uh, that's an argument I want to get into. Um, for a variety of reasons. 
But I have certainly heard the way I've spoken about Boris Johnson and his ilk to be as um, lacking empathy mm. and full of, I guess, vitriol. Yeah. And I and I found I found how they were speaking, and how I was reflecting upon how I have spoken to be ugly. Mm. Wow. And I realised that I'm I'm meeting behaviors that sicken me with behaviors that sicken me yeah wow and, wow and so wow. that that's yeah that that's that's been a, a massive takeaway for me it's like okay i i need to find empathy i need to find empathy in this moment and remember that i am dealing with humans and i'm also not responding to the human i am responding to the way the human is being presented to me through their actions in fact through how their actions are being reported the fact that those people like Robert Jenrick, who have allegedly asked to have uh, images of uh, cartoon characters painted over in a child uh, uh, reception centre for, for child immigrants because it was too welcoming. OK, I have to take a moment there and not immediately go bone cancer. Too, too good for him. He wants something worse than that, which is which is who I am at my baseline. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's I am. I mean, I'm, I'm catching up on the news as you're speaking it there because I yeah. obviously yeah. I, haven't followed, I haven't followed yeah. that particular. No, no, no. I I know, but I was I, I was talking about this with Bob the day before yesterday, and we we were we were laughing about the things that we have managed to sublimate, and and one of the things that I, <laughs> I, I had... <laughs> a great conversation, things I've managed <laughs> to sublimate. Here, you start. Uh, well, you know, it's 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 how it's how it's how we. We were talking about how we live together. Bob has an ability to, uh, and she doesn't really care for this ability, but she can read micro expressions really, really well. So she knows wow. when people are disappointed or upset or or dismissive in a way that um, most don't notice. Yeah. She's, She's hypersensitive. Keenly to aware. Yeah. She's hypersensitive to changes in people's facial expressions, and as a result that can often silence her and she doesn't she doesn't like that that she can't ignore it Turn it or off. ride over it yeah yeah um and we were just talking about how to sublimate that uh, that behavior oh. that is is kind of in, in, embedded in her uh, in her psyche and and I was talking about how I've had to work really really hard to squash down anger i am constantly angry that mm. my my first response to any any situation is anger um so the expression of it or the feeling the feeling of it right i i think i do a, a moderately a moderately good job of not expressing it all the time but i, I express it more than i want and certainly you mean when you say in, you mean in an uncontrolled way right sort of it leaks out of you or leaps out of you as opposed to going out. wow i'm feeling really angry now i i think it's i i i never resort to a physical expression of anger sure but but linguistically and verbally anger is right there mm. it's right there we were bob <laughs> bob and i were having one of those imaginary conversations you know when you talk to one another but you're really talking to somebody else mm. maybe you don't maybe you don't do this bob and i sometimes talk to one another 
this is going to sound so weird, but we're not really talking to one another. We're sort of rehearsing a conversation that we would have with somebody. Oh, else. I think I've heard you do this. I think I've heard you do yeah. this. Yeah, and and we and and it amuses us, and we 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 laugh, and and it's it's you know, but this particular moment, great, what I, a great thing to do, often, by the way. Just what <laughs> what a great thing to do. What a, no, what a great thing to do. What a great thing to do in terms of just the the sort of the playing out and the teasing out of the possibilities of a, an imagined conversation in a different circumstance. I think it's an amazing thing to do. Well, one thing is sometimes it means you don't have to have the conversation with the, the, the person that you think you have to have because uh-huh. you, you have it and you solve it. Yeah. But also sometimes it, may, it means you fall into a, a pit of anxiety that you didn't need to open. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's, you know, there's at least you've planned for it. At least you've rehearsed it then. Yeah. That's true, but we we were we were this was a we were having a very fun and uh, engaging conversation while we were walking, Jeff, and I was having I was being Bob in the conversation and having a conversation with somebody that she was due to have a conversation with, and I said some stuff, and Bob just went, "Wow." Wow, that comes really easily to you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, it was unpleasant and and kind of and and vitriolic. And I went, yeah, but you know that I'm angry all the time, right? And she went, no, I don't know that about you. Mm. I was like, oh no, it, this this is the stuff that just can immediately come to the surface. I find listening back to the way those people on the the J.K. Rowling podcast were talking about turfs. It it made me feel ill, and I was made. I felt that way because I could hear myself so strongly in the way that they spoke, and so I I am now in the same way that once upon a time I said I wanted to try to be more curious. I am going to try to be less angry about things that I don't really know the full scenario. Mm. I need to spend more time with it to sit with it to be more considered. Yeah, it's interesting. The J.K. Rowling, um, that podcast. When I listened to it, uh, I kept on. You would say the word would be used as flip flopping. My my perspective on the the, the subject matter of um, of uh, of uh, kind of the the argument. You might say it's not even the right word, but the fight, the battle over trans rights and what it means for uh, second wave feminists and that very complex, messy scenario. I, I found myself just shifting perspective on it all the time. And it was quite a it was quite an amazing experience because I realized that I that I I, I felt like someone who was who votes for different uh, um, uh, electoral parties each uh, each election. You know, oh, I'm really convinced by that argument now. Oh, now I'm really convinced by that argument. It was really, really as it really it revealed something about um, a certain lack of. I'll, I'll do, if I put it nicely about myself, a certain lack of, lack of dogmatism about that particular subject matter. <laughs> it was a weird experience, though. Why? Why would there be not a nice way to say that? Because that's what I hear. The, your ability to be to be sort of swung by by the narratives. Yeah, yeah. or the arguments, maybe as I'd way as I'd like to say it. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I. But if someone said, "Where do you stand?" I could go. Well, I tend to think this. You know, I worry when I hear the words "no debate," for example. And it, you know, that's oh, that God, would be yeah. nothing surprising to anyone who's been listening to this podcast, or even who knows yeah. me a little bit. Um, yeah, and 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 I think I found myself being interestingly swung slightly towards a more a, a more moderate middle ground because, um, 
you know, I, I, I've, I've often said to, on this podcast that you know, a, 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 a society, if we, if we want to have a tolerant society, we have to be intolerant of intolerance. And yeah. so there is a sense there that I'm, in a way, supporting the no debate. I'm, I'm, there's, there's an implied shutting down, isn't there? Yeah. Well, not even implied, really. <laughs> no, it's vitriolic. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And I, I think in well, I, I hope mine, my position isn't ex- explicitly vitriolic. But um, no, 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 I no, think... no. Sorry, no. I wasn't accusing you of anything. Then. <laughs> no, no. That's cause, next week cause I... on midlife. <laughs> No, because I, I say that because I know I can be. I know that that's my that's my natural state. I just get cross. Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing is when I when I go back to whatever episode it was, it was probably the last one, or maybe it was in this one, which is um, <laughs> uh, this you know this comment that this is a it's like a podcast which is uh, anything but toxic masculinity. It's like the opposite. Oh of, yeah, we talked about that last week. Yeah, thank you. Um, and so this, you know, and so this brings back brings me back to what we were talking about last week. You know, this this listener saying it's like midlifing is like the opposite of toxic masculinity, and, and clearly this conversation sort of has built on that. And there's something about when you describe when you just describe the sense of, um, you know, you've been talking about how anger is really close, or and then that not that 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 you identify with particular ways of being which you're not really let's say proud of identifying with and i was just thinking it made me think that one of the things about this practice that you and i have this practice of uh, discussing these things effectively not even effectively in public is that it it makes possible it for me it makes possible to hear that anger but to not be dissolved by it to not be to not see it as just you that you are more than that and it's not that you've been mild wildly angry on this podcast i don't mean that i just i recognize this in you as i as i recognize it in myself as well but it's like this practice if it is anything a practice of being in friendship being in relationship with another person makes all of those versions possible of ourselves and and i think there's just something about that which i think is incredibly incredibly rich and and fundamental to being a different kind of human being, or dare I say it, um, a different kind of man, you know. So, I, yeah, it's really... Thanks. Uh, last week when Finn was staying, um, I said, you know, because I'd spent a lot of the time when he was here wearing an apron, it's a particularly, it's not a particular, I'm going to say, not a particularly masculine apron. And I said, Finn, this is a bit of a weird thing to say. And I had shorts on, so it pretty much looked like I was wearing... <laughs> some... A dress. Yeah. A really nice dress. Yeah. And I said, Finn, this is a bit of an odd thing to say, but can you find a way at my funeral to slip in something about me wearing aprons a lot? Just... Don't need, don't, don't need to make a big deal of it. Don't need to, but just find a way to slip that into the funeral. That would be great.